Que Spooky Podcast contains explicit language and content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, welcome to Guest Boogie Podcast. Welcome. Do you want me to say that the intro? Welcome to the Guest Boogie Podcast, where two guys scare each other with stories of paranormal encounters, urban legends, and true crime from around the world. Welcome. Welcome. Um, you have to say your name. I'm Kevin. I'm Andres. So I know it's been a while, a month. Yes. How is everyone? Hopefully good. Reply now on your phones. Vote now. Vote now on your phones. The polls will the polls will close in two hours. <laughs> two minutes. The polls will be closed by the time this episode comes out. Uh, but like we mentioned, um, we say scary stories. If this is your first time with us, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome. I'm sorry, what are you still doing here? <laughs> so what's going on? What's going on with you? Mm, nothing. I just had a great day yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right, let's jump into your story. Then. Wow, you're so annoying. I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you're saying. I almost died yesterday. But you didn't. Yeah, I'm still alive. Kevin took me to the ER at 5 a.m. It was great. Well? I was having a heart arrhythmia, and I dealt with it for most of the day yesterday. Well? And I'm afraid to live. Yeah. It's hard. Living is hard. And it snowed. So it was like... So we got to the ER at like 5 a.m. or whatever, and I was wearing my pajamas, and so we walked in, and they like let us in, and they did their thing, and then we left. And as we're walking out, the nurse was like, you're going to hate yourself for wearing those shorts right now. And I was like, what the fuck? And then we walk outside, and it's fucking raining and snowing, and the wind was blowing so hard, and I was like, Wow. And then I was like, Kevin, bring the car around. And he's like, no, you can like, walk with no. me. Why would, you, why would you make me do that? I was like, wow, I almost just, I'm, I feel like I'm dying and he's not pulling the car around. Hell no. Okay, let me walk across this parking lot. Hopefully I don't bust my ass. You act like it was fucking far. You act like it was a mile walk. It was what, three feet? I was wearing shorts. Then walk faster. I couldn't. My heart was going to blow up in my chest. <laughs> And then we went to Walmart in the middle of the day, and I'm over here, like, taking, like, granny steps, because I felt like my heart was going to explode. And then Kevin's like, why are you running, why are you walking so slow, huh? And then I was like, I did not say I feel that. like I'm dying, please slow down. I didn't say that, I was like, where are you? Um, and then I accidentally bought $9 worth of apples, and it wasn't even that many, it was like four. They were just really expensive. So we have expensive taste on this podcast, so if you're new here welcome we like carrots and apples and ranch but not that shit from the store i only like restaurant ranch ranch is fucking gross it is not what the fuck is wrong with you why do americans love ranch oh, speaking of all americans oh what i was gonna mention um i know 
in past episodes, we mentioned that uh, Sweden is our um, second largest audience besides the US, uh, but it actually um, dropped down to third place recently. I don't know if you noticed in the in the specs. Wow, your friend stopped second, listening to us. My friend lives in the Netherlands, not even in Sweden. I said your friends, plural. Uh, You're the only one that has friends in Europe, so I assume that they're all your friends. It's a little country. I know everyone. Yeah. You know Brittany? I have a friend named Brittany. Oh my god. Have you ever... Never mind. I'm not even going to get into No, that. no, yes. We can talk about it. Well, you've met someone that's... I think it's that's, fucking weird that well, people I are like... I don't do it. But I've seen instances where someone's like, oh, you're... Answer ethnicity or nationality. Do you know my friend? Blah blah blah. He's also from there. It's like no. Why would he? <laughs> why would they know them? Funny enough, I think it's really funny when like, especially here in the gay community in Oklahoma City, they'll be like, "Hey, I have a gay friend named so and so. Do you know them?" And it's like, "Yes, bitch," but you don't fucking ask people that because we don't all know each other. <laughs> it's like such a small world here that. Pretty much everybody knows each other, and it's kind of weird. I don't, I don't leave my house, so I don't know anybody. Oh. But um, what I was going to say, second place, uh, our second largest audience is in the UK. So to celebrate, I will be saying this entire episode in a Geordie accent. Please fucking don't. I'm t- <laughs> Please fucking don't do it. They'll kidding. stop listening. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Unless you want me to. No, hell no. What the fuck? <laughs> Shut up. Kidding. Okay, continue. I want to have Catherine Tate on this podcast. Who's that? The lady that's like, do I look bothered? Oh. She was on Doctor Who. Oh, my God. Dr. Donna. She was uh, Donna. The right? bad, the baddest Donna. bitch this side of the, or that dude, side of the Mississippi. Dude, she's so funny. Catherine yes. Tate, wow. She's from Bloomsbury, London. Yes. She was literally my favorite companion from Doctor Who. Mm, that's up for debate. Uh, that's my opinion. That's my opinion. Okay. Um. So, do you want to jump into the story now? I think no, not really. All of our new listeners are gone. Oh, they're like anyway. Click. Okay. Well, we're in a festive month. Happy holidays, everybody. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We I haven't. About we, that. It's yes, been a while. we haven't. Yes. Yes. I hope everyone had a great time and did not get infected with COVID. Oh, the vaccine's coming out. It just, t- as today. of today, yes, the first nurse got their shot. In the U.S.? In the U... Wait, here in Oklahoma. Oh, I was watching I it know. on the I was watching it on the news app at work. Oh, I only mentioned in the U.S. because I know in other countries the vaccine has already been approved and yeah. distributed, so good for them. And of course, the comments were a fucking mess. Every time. I don't even fucking read the comments anymore. It's like, this woman is not a hero because she got a shot. She's a hero because she's a nurse. And don't forget that. And it's like, bitch, you should have just what kept that fuck? in the drafts. That would have been that would have been better in your drafts. Don't what? don't hit the send button. Just be quiet. Anyway, Brenda, have a great uh, day. No, her name was like Catherine. Catherine Tate? <gasps> no. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Catherine. Tate. Another fucking messy ass lady. Another Catherine. Catherine. God, Catherine. Catherine. Go buy yourself some Kendra Scott jewelry and leave us alone. This episode is dedicated to all the Catherines. All the Catherines. Every single one. Except the mean ones. Or the ones that comment about heroes on Facebook. Mm. Not the TV show. <laughs> no, especially those. 
It's like, you know what? Season one was good, but season two, not so much. Okay, no. The, when the writers went on strike, that show went downhill, and <laughs> I stopped. Why are you mad? Uh, that show mad. That show was genuinely good. I was just kidding. I've never seen it. And then it got shitty. And then it got good, and then shitty. And then there was, like, the continuation that came out a couple years ago, and that was bad, too. Um, Can we get back to what the listeners are here for? Yes. So... I have brought us today a very sad story, a true story, a true crime story. Wow. Is this your first true crime story that you do? No. Which one did you do before? The People Eater Man. El Comegente. Oh, I thought that was me. Hmm. The bitch with the... <laughs> what I was the like, fuck? wow, I did such a good job. No. I, <laughs> that was my research and my notes. Hmm. Me. I did that. Okay. Everyone get ready for the Santa suit slaughter. The hashling slasher. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, my sources were LA Times. The article named More Grim Details of Christmas Eve Shooting Rampage in Covina Emerge. And Wikipedia. Okay, sounds good. So let's begin. Let's set the scene. So there is a family, the Ortega family, are celebrating uh, Christmas. And in the style of Mexicans, you know... They get together on the 24th, they're having dinner, they're about to get ready to open presents at midnight when it's Christmas, Mm -hmm. so they're playing a game of Texas Hold'ems and there's a knock on the door, and so nobody's really paying attention except a nine-year-old girl, and she's like, who is that? So she goes and knocks on the door, and when she opens it, it's a man in a Santa suit. So she's like yelling, she's like, oh my god, Santa's here, Santa's here, and then boom, she got shot in the face. Oh my god. The nine-year-old girl got shot in the face. Then consequently or then after she was shot in the face two other members of the family were shot in the were shot not in the face Mm -hmm. but they were also shot um so pretty much the family was hanging out in the front of the house they were they just had had dinner um it was probably like 11 30 p.m so it was almost time to open presents people had already started leaving and so it was just kind of it was just kind of going to be the core family that stayed and opened their presents and hung out and stuff. And so uh, at the door was Jeffrey Bruce Jeffrey Pardo. He was the former son-in-law of the mom and dad of the family, which was the Ortegas. He had two 9mm semi-automatic handguns, a trolley with a gift-wrapped homemade flamethrower, and two more semi-automatic 9mm guns. So he came strapped. Huh? Ready. So after the little girl was shot in the face and her two uncles were shot as well, uh, the Ortegas, the mom and the dad, uh, jumped under a table, including uh, the gunman's ex-wife, which was their daughter. And they So seconds later, after the little girl was shot in the face and her two uncles were on the ground bleeding, the Ortegas grabbed three of their daughters, including the gunman's ex-wife, and dived under the dining table for cover. The Ortegas, four of their children two daughter-in-laws and a teenager upstairs using a computer would all die at the hands of Bruce Jeffrey Pardo. So nine people total died that night. Oh my God. What year was this? You said, Oh shit. I didn't even Yeah, so much for setting the scene. Oh fuck. It happened in like late two thousands. So it was like 2009, 2008. Yes. It was like within the last 10, 15 years. So this is Covina, California, by the way. Mm-hmm. So the account that this the LA Times article came from is uh, from a lot of the family members that survived and were left in the U.S. 
and they also um, called and went to go visit some of them in Mexico to actually talk about what had happened that night. Um, so among the survivors, 20 to 30 people celebrating Christmas Eve with the, or the Ortegas have not spoken publicly at that moment that this article came out. But law enforcement sources close to the investigation confirm many of the relatives' descriptions, providing the clearest picture yet of what happened inside the house. Because the house burned down. So did he burn it? Yes. We'll get to it. I'm sorry. I don't know why our cat... Every time we try to record, Venus is just like, I want to be on this fucking podcast too. Let me fuck some shit up. It's like, what an ideal time to file my nails. On my sweater. Just leave it. Anyways, at this time of the article coming out, it says that the relatives painted a horrific scene of a gunman bent on carrying out executions and relatives struggling not only to escape, but to save their loved ones amid the panic. Could you imagine some guy coming in, shooting around... And people are jumping under tables. There's people upstairs in rooms. They're hanging out with their cousins. And it's just a fucking mess. Like everybody's running around trying to... Everybody's getting shot. They're running. They're trying to jump out windows. They're trying to grab people and run out the door with them. And it was just fucking chaos. And, you know, all all this... All these... The only thing these people wanted to do was celebrate their Christmas. Or their Christmas Eve with their family together. Mm -hmm. And the only infraction that set this guy off is that their their daughter was married to him and got divorced to him. He was so fucking bitter about the divorce that he showed up and fucked this family up. So that was the motive? That was the fucking motive. According to the relatives, one of Ortega's sons, Charles, recognized Pardo after the gunman shot his eight-year-old niece and his older brother, James. It's Bruce, one of them cl- cl- uh, like called out. So he was like, fucking Bruce is shooting us, yo. Charles Ortega was shot after his brother James was hit. Irma Chapa Ortega, a first cousin to the adult Ortega children who live in, who lives in Torreon, Mexico, said James and Charles Ortega struggled to get up even after they were wounded. And this is a quote. Even bloodied, they got up. They stood up, she said. They tried to grab him to stop him, but they couldn't. The elder Ortegas, Joseph, 80 years old, and Alicia, 70, and their three daughters slipped under the dining room table along with at least one daughter-in-law, Teresa, Chapa Ortega said. She said she has been in contact with some of the survivors after this. Someone screamed, run, run. The Ortegas may have been killed while in the dining room along with two of their daughters, Silvia and Alicia. Silvia was the Mm -hmm. ex-wife. The only one of the children to survive was Leticia, the mother of the wounded eight-year-old who, according to a 911 tape, had briefly hidden under the table with the rest of the family as well. Um, and Letizia said, I heard the shots. Everyone started panicking and running, and we all dove under the dining room table. Chapa Ortega said her cousin Letizia made a break for it after seeing her, do- her wounded daughter stagger out of the house. So what happened was that the little girl, when she got shot, she turned her face, and that's what saved her. If not, it would have been like a full-on, like, straight-into-her-face gunshot oh my god she turned her face and it ended up hitting her jaw and since that's a bone it like saved her from like more major damage to her face yeah i mean well shooting a bone isn't the most ideal either like some bones may shatter if you're shot at so that's that's fucking traumatizing what the fuck for a nine-year-old girl no not even santa claus fucking santa claus shot her Okay, I mean traumatizing in the sense of like, for anybody that wasn't aware of exactly what was going on, like, like you said, cousins upstairs just suddenly hearing gunshots. Yeah, 
Wow. Nobody could have ever expected this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and it's like somebody showing up to a party at 1130. That's not kind of, that's not that unheard of. Yeah. Well, if you're Mexican. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you came, you came from another party. You came mm-hmm. from your suegra's party. You know what I mean? Like you're married, you're married to some guy and you have to go see their scumbag family. So then you show up to your party at 1130. <laughs> okay. Excuse me. For those of you that actually like your spouse's family, good for you. Oh, but you're talking about my family? No, I love your family, but <laughs> some of my cousins are married Uh-oh. to some people that I don't really like their family. Not naming any names. Let's bleep. Bleep. I don't bleep. know. I like to start a little drama around the you're around so the holidays. <laughs> let's oh, get the, let's get it started. <laughs> mm. uh, so uh, that's one thing I'm never mind. Never mind. I miss fights. <laughs> See, this no, year has been that. so I mean, bad. Like, I don't look, nothing happens. I don't intentionally look for fights, but it's more like if someone says something problematic, I'm not just going to be like quiet and be like, mm-hmm, yes, this is how we've been doing it for decades. Like, no, you better bet. I got something to say. Yeah. Okay. So to make matters worse, supposedly a couple of people that were inside the house said that they saw Pardo pick up that little girl before he shot her in the face. Like, to say hi to her. Like, ooh, I'm Santa. Pick her up and then put her down and go, bah! Shoot her in the face. I have another question. Yes. Because I'm sure some of our listeners do as well. What? Why the Santa suit? I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's never explained. And like, I'll tell you the... why. We'll get to it. Moving okay. on. Okay. Moving on. Okay. Go ahead. So, Leticia is actually on uh they have a recording of the 911 call and she's screaming I need someone to cover come over and help my daughter she's bleeding she's been shot in the side of the face so some of the adults grab children and carry them out investigators believe that almost all of the younger people were saved because they were in the back of the house closer to the television possibly playing video games when Pardo opened up open fire not opened up hmm. and see parents say video games are bad in this case it's what saved these kids lives period Although the 18-year-old was wounded, as was the 16-year-old who was shot in the back, the only minor killed in the attack was Michael Ortiz. The 17-year-old was sitting at a computer on the second floor. Chapa Ortega said Michael was apparently killed by the explosion or fire started by the two tanks that Pardo had fused together to create a device capable of quickly engulfing the home in a fire. Oh my god. A law, enforce- a law enforcement source said that it appears that Michael was killed as a result of the fire explosion and was not shot. So kind of coinciding with the story that Cha- uh, Chapa Ortega was saying. Mm-hmm. The resulting fire approximately reached a height of 40 to 50 feet and took 80 firefighters about an hour and a half to extinguish. Like this dude later literally made himself a fucking flamethrower with two canisters of gas. Mm-hmm. And at some point, like on an, in an unrelated article that I ended up not using, it said that he was walking around spraying the house with some liquid to make it burn faster. Which makes sense because the house was like engulfed in flames. Yeah. Michael Ortiz's mother, Alicia Ortiz, the daughter of Joseph and Alicia Ortega, was also killed. Pardo, whose murderous rampage was apparently triggered by his divorce from the Ortega's daughter, Silvia, had planned to escape and had bought a plane ticket to Illinois. But he was badly burned in the explosion and ensuing fire with the second and third degree burns on his arms. So that Santa suit was like polyurethane or whatever, you know, like a synthetic fiber. So the fire 
actually burned the fucking costume onto him. He couldn't take it off anymore. Ew. It was burned to his skin it, when it, they found him. It was him. that nasty Santa material. Like the Halloween... No, sorry. The costume Halloween, material. Yes, the Halloween costume <laughs> material. material. It was the disgusting Santa material. It's like that cheap costume shit that you find, like... It's like polyester or something. Like the night before... Or, the night before Halloween, it's like, I need a fucking costume. So you go, you show up to Spirit Halloween, and the last thing that they have is fucking Buttercup from the Powerpuff Girls. And you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I can pull that shit. And then you put that dress on, and it's so fucking itchy across your chest. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going to tell anybody I bought this. You know what I think about? <laughs> oh, my God. You're a mess. You know what I think about sometimes? What? That video or that vine that took place in Spirit of Halloween where that guy put the nun mask on. Oh, my God. And the other guy had that really long finger and he uh. fucking shoved it in his throat. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think about a, That's a fucking think of Spirit, Spirit of Halloween, Halloween, I think about that video. Or I think about how I wasn't able to take a spooky dookie this year. You're so nasty. I mean, COVID, I wasn't able to take a shit at Spirit of Halloween. It's a spooky McDookie. It's like a, a, it's like a thing every year. You know, you got to no, take a spooky McDookie. Spirit Halloween doesn't dookie. even have public bathrooms. Fake well, maybe man. the ghetto ones that you've gone to. Bitch. Anyways, okay. We go to top tier Spirit Halloween here, huh? So, at this point, Parado changed or tried to change from mm-hmm. a Santa suit into his street clothes, other than the parts that were already burned on him. Stupid. And he drove his Dodge Caliber rental to his brother's home about 40 miles away in Silmer, where he committed suicide. Fuck. Yeah. See, that was, that was going to be my next question, but I was going to wait for you to this answer. Is why, this is why we don't know why he had a Santa suit on. Oh, okay. His brother was not present in the home at the time of the death. Los Angeles County Coroner Lieutenant Fred Cor- Corral said that there was an exit wound on the top of Pardo's head, suggesting he had put the gun in his mouth before pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time that this this uh, article came out, it said it could take as long as six weeks for a toxicology test to determine whether Pardo had any drugs or alcohol in his system. Mm-hmm. So, and then I could never find a follow-up of what, like, what if he, he could have been on. He wanted to kill everyone, even his own mom, Chapo Ortega said angrily Tuesday. A monster, a monster. That man was a monster. He killed a good, hardworking people who had many friends and who loved the United States. Chapa Ortega said her 84-year-old mother, who has been ill and hospitalized in Mexico, remained unaware of the deaths when this article came out. Wow. So the, the grandma did not know about anything. My uncle, quote-unquote, Joseph Ortega adored my mother, his sister. Whenever he would leave us after a visit, he would kiss her and tell us, Take very good care of my sister. Chapa Ortega recalled, she knows nothing. The doctors won't let us tell her. The doctors say she can't know. If she if she knows, she'll die. Oh, it's kind of like that um, that German movie. I forgot the name of it. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's a movie set in after World War II when they uh, the Axis powers and Russia divided Germany. This is quick, I swear. Uh, but basically, they were... Uh, it was a guy and his mom that were living in communist Germany at the time. I guess wet East Germany? Um, but I guess his mom had a medical condition where if something very, like, stressful would happen, that she could possibly die. I don't know if it was stress. Something like that. But basically, like, she, bad news might kill her. Basically. Is this movie about me? Is this me and my arrhythmia? Mm, maybe. I got stressed out and I get a heart arrhythmia. Uh-oh. An atrial fibrillation as the doctors call it. Mm, maybe it was that. 
But basically, like, I guess the movie takes place right after the liberation of the Berlin Wall collapse and, gotcha. like, the reunification of Germany. And I guess this guy goes through, like, ridiculous, like, measures to hide the news from his mom. Because if it's, he thought, if my mom finds out that Germany was united, that, you know, she might die. So he, like, changes newspapers. He changes, like, um, product labels and like he hides newspapers from her um and honestly i never finished the movie so let me know how it how it went <laughs> there you go me Comment let below. you know no no the listeners oh i mean you too <laughs> i was like you know. i've never watched this movie i don't know what you're talking about but yeah i get it i get why they wouldn't tell her because right. like you know something like that like shopping shock I know. shocking news. se le sube el azúcar se muere se le sube el azúcar no oh or what is it se te va a explotar la vesícula like all this shit Mexican people make what? up. Like, What's a no te enojes porque se te va a explotar la vesícula. What's a vesícula? I think that's your gallbladder or your appendix. I don't Girl. know. Child. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that was the end of my very festive true crime that story. Was disgusting. Why would you? <laughs> I thought you said it was going to be festive. It's he killed everybody in a Santa suit. Santa related. Okay. Yes. Mm, I'll give you that one then. And it happened in December. Christmas Eve. Okay, well, fuck that guy. Everyone all together. Ready? Three, two. Fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Good job. Love that for you. Hold on. I'm trying to look up the date. Oh, December 24th, 2008. So, that was a year off. 2008. Okay. Wow. But that's still relatively recent. That's really yes. sad. The, okay. The fucking measures that some men would take after being rejected by a woman... That's insane. Men act like they own, they owe women, or women owe something to men. Mm-hmm. And it's really fucking it's sad. Like they can't have their own identity. Like, anything past their property is, like, inex- like inexcusable to them. It's like, you're pretty. Like, if they divorced, it's for a reason. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't have to be some extreme shit, like, you know, he was violent or abusive. Sometimes people just don't get along, and please come to terms with that already. Yeah. That's so sad. Wow. Um, well, to lighten the mood a little. What, what do you got for the palate cleanser this time? Do you have anything? I already talked at the beginning. Okay, boring. I, I might got, comment on what you got. So. I got a few things, actually. You know, it's been a month, so I got a few things written down. Maybe I should save them. I don't know. Nah, I won't. What's the deal with airline food? Okay, annoying. Um... <laughs> So, our friend Amy from Japan. Hi, Amy. I don't know if she still listens. But in case she does, does. welcome back. Um, She did recommend that we should watch uh, some of Nuke's Top 5 YouTube videos for story ideas. Um, My story is not, but we tried, actually. There was one really good one about a ghost town in Greece. Oh, my God. That fucking fucking video was scary as fuck, dude. Dude, I could not fucking find the name of that Greek town. And, like, I kept looking through the comments. Nobody fucking knew it. And I tried Google. Dude, I fucking learned Greek to find that fucking city. And I still couldn't fucking find it, so okay well cliff's cliff's notes real quick real quick what was happening in this video is that people were moving out of this town that was like a five i think the population was like 500 um what happened was is that one day in the middle of the night these strange lights appeared over the city that made the sky light up like daytime 
And so ever since that moment, weird shit started happening in the town. People would hear knocking in their homes, talking, furniture would move. And so people started saying that the town was haunted or cursed. And so everybody started moving out. And so these two Greek ghost hunters go and stay inside of a house. And literally this fucking house had everything still in it. There was rotten food in the yeah. fridge, rotten food on the table. There was uh, w- there was pictures on the walls. Oh, and, like, that was so sad. Every, like, like the beds were made. Like there was clothes everywhere. You know, there was like clothes. They literally just got up and left. Yes. And weird, really weird shit happened to them when they were in this mm-hmm. fucking house. And then they decided to leave. And they didn't even come back for their equipment till the next day. They're like, hell no. So I can definitely, after what happened to them, I definitely understand why that family just fucking picked up and left. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to start over. Let's get out. Yeah. But if I mean, if you guys like Nukes Top 5 has some of the best like ghost videos I've seen. Like some of them, like usually I, I mean, I can't feel anything when I see something scary. But Nukes Top 5, some of those videos, I'm like, oh no. Yes. Nukes Top um, 5. I like Sir Spooks. Sir Spooks is good. But there's one in particular that I found. It's called Sandbox 10. His oh, videos fuck. are... Leo. It's the go- like the stretch. cat ghost. Stretch. But his, uh, Sandbox 10's videos are really good, too. He has some really good... Oh, um, that's the new guy we just started watching, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, so I really cuddle like... Up to, cuddle up to some videos. Cuddle up to nice. Your boo. Or a cat. Or a dog. I don't know why I feel like this time of the year is so, like, fun to, like, fucking watch a... You know how people, like, when they watch a scary movie or a scary show afterwards, they watch, like, a like a fucking cartoon a to feel better or, like, mm-hmm. a comedy? And we're over here, like, fucking watching a Christmas movie and then to, like, kind of, like, you know, like, mellow out the fucking Christmas vibe. We watch, like, Nukes Top 5 and stuff. <laughs> we're, like, the opposite. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Um, also, I really like a YouTuber named Franco TV because he does. Good. Yes, some of them are really good. Some of them are kind of lame, but so there it, are some. It's hit and miss. It's yes, hit and miss. but there are some where he does like. Uh, he's a security guard for like a. Um, that's a different guy. That's a different guy. No, it's not. Yeah, at, at a pantheon. How do you say pantheon in English? Cemetery. Cemetery. Yeah, no, he, Franco. Franco doesn't do. He's not a. He's not a security guard. That was another guy that's videos look just like Franco's. Oh, but Franco TV does them at cemeteries. cemeteries too, yes. Right? Okay, that's where I'm from. There okay. are some where, like, you see shit in his videos and it's fucking scary. And this one video that I can think of is the one with the old lady and she's yes, actually um, there. Dude, and he's like, why are you here in the middle of the and night? the lady looks at him and her eyes are glowing. Yes, and but Ooh. she's, like, actually there. She's, like, a human being standing there. And then he like leaves and comes back and she's gone. But then he sees her somewhere else. And I'm like, nah, dude, no, the reason that I, that. the reason that I think she's not a human is because at one point there's like a little mausoleum place where he points the camera and doesn't realize that she's in there. And I guess he like walks in front of the camera for a second and then she's gone. And I guess like in the very bottom left corner, you can see someone's face like peer through the bottom of the window and then slide out of the oh air. fuck that i don't remember that part but fuck that oh let's watch it we'll hell right no what the f- no what the fuck it's 10 <laughs> right now currently and i'm getting ready to go to bed at 11 okay, 30 well don't interrupt don't interrupt okay keep going topics. okay what in your opinion what is the best movie ever created and why is it shrek in spanish because of pimpon oh my god dude that quote i'm gonna get that tattooed on me um shrek in spanish is honestly the superior like 
every single Shrek movie, Shrek is just living his fucking life. And then these fucking fairy tale ass goofy asses kind of show up. And first of all, in the first one, they take over his swamp. Dude, I'd be mad too. Anyway. The thing that Shrek did different when it came out is that usually what people don't know that only speak one language is that when a movie gets translated, sometimes you have idioms and shit that they do in the movie mm-hmm. or like inside jokes. They don't translate. They yeah, don't translate well they at all. Don't make any sense, especially if they have like cultural references, like yes. something that is culturally dominant in one language, or I guess in even one country, um, wouldn't make much sense in another. Like kind yes. of like making a Doctor Who reference <laughs> to all my uh, UK people. Um, making oh a Doctor, <laughs> making a Doctor Who reference in the like general American audience, they're not going to really understand but it. You're talking about like the British jokes that they yes. do on Doctor Who, not specifically because Doctor Who exists in every language. It's the British humor yes. that people don't understand because it's British humor. Mm-hmm. So how Shrek did it differently is when they translated it, they actually use pop culture and nursery rhymes from Spanish yeah. and took the place of the ones that they had in English. Yeah. So that's what that movie did different and did well for the time. And so that's why Shrek in Spanish is fucking hilarious. True, true, true. Oh, Leo. Um, uh, another um, news. I'm sure you guys all heard about it, about the mysterious Leo. Sorry, our cats, our cats, every episode, our cats try to be a little bit more part of the, part of the fucking podcast. Um, There's a mysterious metal monolith that appeared in like the middle of Utah or something. Yes. And then Europe. Mm -hmm. And then Texas and California. And then like it started popping up everywhere. There was a, a video. I'm sure it's fake, but I guess these hikers went to the monolith and were like, taking a video around each other whatever i guess behind the monolith is like a little cliff and in the video someone's like head pops up and it's like all oh, the a, crevice all black figure yeah oh yeah that alien thing that people mm-hmm. were talking about and the person What's that posted that video up? was like that's not an alien that's my friend that's literally mm-hmm. what some actually i don't know if i don't even know if it was from the owner of that video but somebody had posted that it was their friend in the background mm-hmm. hiding in the crevice but I don't know that cre- that crevice creature looks a little too funny for me to be a human. Yeah. Or, I mean, arguably, like maybe it's probably not real. Another thing, what's up with dads and their wallets? What do you mean? Why the fuck do like? Is it required for dads to like have wallets that are like fucking thick as a Bible, but only have like two dollars in cash and the rest are like business cards? Business cards and that receipts? is only Mexican dads. Oh my god. Okay, so at work. Am I allowed to discuss things at work? But there's one client in particular that I was helping him order a new debit card. I was like, can I see your ID? Dude, oh my god. <laughs> this poor man, he like took out his this brick. It looked like a brick. He starts taking out his um like business cards, receipts, like like the type of shit like that you like when you go to a casino and you forget your card every single time you oh you think you forget your card so you get a new one your your membership card that's your what you're membership talking about. card gotcha. or when you go to um dave and busters dave and busters and get like a new card every single time because you're like man i forgot it and then you get home and it's like right there you along got, like, with your 20 other ones your rewards card is from like fucking cvs walgreens mm-hmm. yep he took all of that shit out and i was like it's okay i can look you up by something else but I'm sir like, please oh. empty out your wallet 
Please like, tell your dads to empty out their wallets. Literally, please. That's your dad's Christmas gift this year. A gentle reminder. Um, or no, just clean out their wallets for them. <laughs> just clean, just do it for them. It's like, do you really need this um, business card from 1972 for a, a HVAC dad? You know, funnily enough, sometimes like there will be like, oh, uh, this person just passed away in Mexico. And they'll be like, do you have their phone number? And it's like, oh, no. And then my mom will be like, hey. You have their number on that business card, remember, in your wallet? He'll fucking bust out his wallet <laughs> with, like, he wrote it on a business card. Oh, no. Yes. And that's how my dad keeps track of people's phone numbers. And how he knows whose number is it, whose number it is, is the the business that they're written on. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's like, he, oh, yeah, I wrote that like one on the window business. Like a correlation between a person and a business? Yes. That's literally my Mix dad. Mix and match. Okay. Wow. Just dad things. Um, what else? Okay, so you were saying that it snowed yesterday. Um, no, I didn't say that. It it actually snowed yesterday. I I know. I'm saying that you mentioned it. Oh, okay. Okay, so you mentioned that it snowed yesterday. Damn, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, you mentioned that it snowed yesterday. So those that don't live in Oklahoma, Oklahoma weather's weird in the sense that it snowed yesterday, and then today, most of the snow is gone. That's usually how it is here yeah i'm i'm just sharing this information yeah i mean the only the only exception to that was like it was like 10 years ago when we had a blizzard mm-hmm. maybe it was 2012 actually we had a blizzard and we had snow for like two weeks like there was snow on the ground for two weeks but that's like the most i've oh. ever seen so it's so sad like driving ne- near neighborhoods and seeing <laughs> what you obviously knew was a fucking snowman and i guess the snow here it like doesn't clump up properly so it like mixes with mud so some of these are like these half mud half half snow triangle figures with two little sticks coming out of the side like fucking t-posing it's like oh no (laughs) no i told you our snow is really wet Uh so when they roll the snow in their front lawn the fucking ball of snow since the snow's only like an inch thick it picks up leaves grass mud and any of the shit that's in your lawn and so you end up having a fucking dirty ass snowman in front of your house <laughs> that's so sad what the yes fuck? wow um i think that was like five minutes of the palate cleanser so i think move it on i think i'm gonna move on yes it's your turn what are you gonna tell us about today you know it's really hard finding a story that's festive i guess honestly i didn't really try but mine um it's close. There's a there's a slight correlation. You'll you'll see. Okay, so my story today is the Alaska Triangle. What Have is? you heard of it? What is? Is it a monolith in Alaska that's shaped like a triangle? Oh, close. Let me tell you. So okay, so my sources are a How Stuff Works article by Kristen Conger, K I N Y radio article by Brian Weed, Legends of America article by Kathy Weiser Alexander, Horror Bound article by Charlotte Hollingsworth, Astonishing Legends article. Creme 2 news article by Taylor Video. YouTube video by The Speakeasy and Wikipedia. So, Alaska. Have you heard of it? No. What is that? Okay, so more than half of the nation's federally designated wilderness lies in Alaska. Oh, the state? Yes. Sarah Palin lives there. Sarah Palin is the only person that lives there. So, Alaska's fucking huge. To those that don't know, Alaska is the largest state in the united states 
Don't argue with me. Um, so many of the disappearances in this state are due to unta- untouched and untamed wilderness. Of the hundreds of search and rescue operations that the state performs each year, the majority of them are due to becoming lost in the middle of nowhere. So one of Alaska's most famous parks, that being the Denali National Park, is located in the center of what is called the Alaska Triangle. This makes up the area that stretches from Anchorage, the largest city, to Juneau, the state capital in the southern panhandle, to Utkavik, a small town in the northernmost part of the state. Utkavik is about 230 miles, or 526 kilometers, above the Arctic Circle, meaning that from the 10th of May to the 2nd of August, a total of 84 days, the sun doesn't set. For 56 days during the winter, the sun doesn't rise, and temperatures can drop to minus 70 degrees Fahrenheit, or minus 56 degrees Celsius. That's just a fun fact, okay? Can I add something? Yes. I wonder if there's a word for this, but you know, like when they show like documentaries about like state parks and stuff and they always fly over and you see all the trees. Why do I get this uneasy feeling? Am I the only person that gets this? Like when you see all those trees and all that wilderness and you're like, wow, if you got lost, you'd be fucking walking till the end of your life. Yeah, that's how I felt about the scenic scenes from um, the fourth kind. Which, honestly, doing research for this reminded me a lot of it. Yeah. That movie was... Even though that movie was like a mockumentary, it was really good. Hell yeah. So, in 1950, a military aircraft carrying 44 passengers disappeared in the triangle. Nothing from the possible wreckage or the passengers on the plane was ever found. Fuck. So, this area is considered the, I guess, the Alaskan Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Which doesn't really make sense because it's not Bermuda, so they call it the Alaska Triangle. Um, It makes sense to me. Thank you. Geometry is hard. Yeah. Northern geometry. Oh. The area attracted public attention in 1972. So on the 16th of October, 1972, a small private plane carrying U.S. House Majority Leader Hale Boggs, Alaska Congressman Nick Begich, his aide, Russell Brown, and pilot Don Johns uh, disappeared while flying from Anchorage to Juneau, Alaska. The search for the missing men included the U.S. Coast Guard, the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, Silver Air Patrol, and local civilian aircrafts and search parties. They covered an area of 32,000 square miles. I don't know how much that is in kilometers. How much? 32,000 square miles. Oh, that's, uh, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. You're I have fucking, no yeah, idea. I was not. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm about to throw out some bullshit number. I think it's like two. See, I don't, th- what people don't realize is that when like planes break up and they're falling down, their shit gets scattered for miles. Yeah. And they usually leave like a line of destruction. Yeah. Well, I mean, but if the plane breaks up before actually falling to the ground, what happens? The plane's parts fall through trees. When they're flying over, you can't see through the trees. So there's fucking wreckage there and you flew over and you said you didn't see anything. Because you technically didn't see anything. Yep. Per Alaska law, the small plane was required to have an emergency located transmitter. In the case of an emergency, this transmitter is meant to continuously emit a radio signal to quickly locate the plane. But no signal was ever emitted or heard during the search. The search was eventually suspended after 39 days that turned up no wreckage and no physical signs of the crash. None of the passengers nor the pilot's bodies were ever found. In the events of the missing plane in 1972, reports were being filed of missing people in the area that make up the Alaska Triangle. Of those reported, it included both Alaska residents and tourists visiting. 
It didn't matter if these individuals had gone into the triangle on foot, vehicle, plane, or even on ships that wandered too close to the shoreline. Like, you wouldn't even have to, like, be on land and you would disappear within the triangle. Most of my notes are a little town called Portlock, Alaska. It's located in Port uh, Chatham in the Kenai Peninsula and established in the early 20th century. So in the early 1930s, a logger working near the area was hit over the head with a piece of logging equipment that was way too big for a human person to pick up without assistance. The humans, uh, sorry, the man's body was found hurled almost 10 feet from the place he had been with blood splatters everywhere. It was during the 30s that the local Russian Aleuts moved out of the area as well. So, like, even the natives, like, they were like, something's off about here. And of all the people that you would listen to, you might want to listen to the people that have literally spent, like, thousands of years in there. Just a guess. In the 1940s, people began messing around the town by the dozens. Okay? This isn't just, like, one or two. Like, whole families would disappear. Severely dismembered bodies began washing up in the shores of the town. All the bodies had uh, had appeared to be torn to shreds. The town used to be, um... We used to have a cannery that employed much of the town, but after the mysterious disappearances and horrific attacks and killings, oh, I forgot there were horrific attacks and killings. Like people would be like found in like in the street or like just ripped, just ripped up. Fuck, dude! Is it and, Bigfoot? Sounds like Bigfoot. That was like in the 1950s. So this is like spanning a few decades. Um, in the 1950s, like I said, like, well, okay, I wrote the same sentence twice, but. Let me skip over that, <laughs> what I just said. Uh, there were several witness accounts that described something in the trees near the city, or I guess near the town, which all turned out to be eerily similar to the descriptions of the Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Oh, shit, that's what I just said. Oh, I wasn't listening. Oh, yeah, that usually happens. But yeah, they all described like this huge like creature up in the trees, like climbing over them. A furry man. Um, in the early 1950s, uh, residents of the town began to move out and abandon everything in Portlock. In the 1970s, a school teacher shared, and this is after the town, obviously, a school teacher shared about what it was like to um, grow up in the town. She shared that everyone in the town was constantly on edge and they were all afraid of what could be lurking in the night. Uh, so Native Alaskans uh, called this creature in the trees Nantinak, literally meaning hairy man. I wasn't able to find exactly what tribe or what people that word comes from so i don't want to guess uh the antinak um is said to feed on humans and is also said to be cannibalistic so stephen major a resident of spokane valley washington and a bigfoot enthusiast claims that bigfoot resides in the area which might be Nantinuk. Uh, he also stated that they tend to stalk humans as prey he started an expedition team that claims that there's a mountain lake near Portlock that is often called the Lake of No Return because anyone that has gone to camp, uh, camp or hunt near the area has never returned. Major says that the area in Port Chatham is too remote for the disappearances to be any type of hoax. So it's not like somebody from the next town over is going up there and scaring the locals. Um, Brian Weed, co-founder of a group uh, called Juno's Hidden History, spoke with KINY Radio that was quoted saying, Those people did leave the town. We know when the town and the post office shut down. We know that there were reported murders in the area. They called them murders, but they also included people that just went lost in those reports. We're not talking about a dozen people. We're talking like three dozen people. If we have a serial killer in the area at the time, they took out a lot of people in the course of, say, 20 years. Proficient. Not in a Santa suit, but a furry man suit. Yeah. So, you guys know there's a lot going on in this triangle. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention... Uh, energy vortexes 
Uh, I'm not going to go much into detail about this. Basically, um, some people believe that the world is covered in good and bad energy vortexes, where depending on which direction the vortex is going in, either clockwise or counterclockwise, they can provide positive energy that heals or negative energy that causes anxiety or depression. So I guess um, energy vortexes are kind of a more recent theme in paranormal investigations. So I'm not too familiar with them. So that's why I didn't want to give too much information because I'm not expert. Um, there's a local legend from the native Tlingit and Simshian people of the area that allude to a shape-shifting spirit creature called the Kishtaka that lives in the area that makes up the triangle. Ooh, a skinwalker. Well. Here it is again. They're known as water devils sometimes. According to their legends, the Kishtaka is described as a land otter man that resembled sightings of Bigfoot in the area. These creatures are said to emit sounds that would make humans go towards them, such as a baby crying. They tend oh, to no. they tend to imitate babies. They tend to imitate women, like asking for help. The kashtaka will then lure the victim towards them, where the kashtaka will then tear the victim to shreds with his razor sharp claws. They have the same voice. Oh, I included this. I forgot. They have the same voice imitating power as uh, skinwalkers or wendigos. Wow. And wendigos. Never mind. In the triangle, almost um, 500 at the very least and over 2,000 people continued to disappear each year. In 1988, more than 16,000 people and more than 2,000 planes had vanished there. Because of this, the state of Alaska has a missing persons rate twice the national average, with many of these people never being found. In 2007, Alaska state troopers added 2,833 missing people notices to their missing persons clearinghouse that maintains our related information. About one in four of in every thousand people go missing in Alaska. That is a lot. That's scary. Yeah. One in four in every thousand people. Does that ratio even make sense? Never mind. Out of 1,000 people, one in four will go missing. So, like, if you divide it... Never mind. <laughs> Alaskan <laughs> geometry and now Alaskan... Um, algebra so so let me finish this hold on so this is a quote from the legends of america article and i really liked it so i included it despite the warnings from authorities regarding weather wildlife and environmental conditions hundreds of tourists visit alaska to see the unspoiled land many of whom are unprepared for the natural elements some of these people probably become lost in the middle of nowhere resulting in the numerous search and rescue operations performed each year that, however, does not explain why there are more disappearances in the Alaska Triangle than elsewhere in the state. Whether the mysterious disappearances of the Alaska Triangle are the result of the national perils, strange energy vortexes, or ancient evil spirits, they are certainly alarming. I'm glad Whitney and Alan made it back. Yes, I was just about to say that. Thank you, Alan and Whitney, for... Um, Inspiring the story? No, I'm saying, I was going to say, doing the groundwork investigation oh yeah <laughs> our uh our what is it called our uh correspondence on the ground oh that's a good one. Oh, like that's a good one <laughs> hold on i'm thinking <laughs> never mind i can't think of anything okay was, it's fine. let's just prepared. move on let's just <laughs> okay. move on so that was my story of the alaska triangle there's a lot going wow. on wow so. i feel like i want to do my own research now on the alaska triangle oh yeah i feel like that was very much the tip, of the, the tip iceberg. of the iceberg yeah i feel like there's so much more i didn't even include um alien encounters but i guess um 
I think it was the 80s, there was a, a Japanese jet fighter that had flown near the area and they saw um, like four objects like standing still or something in the distance. Wow. And I guess the closer they got, the those objects started following them. So the jet fighter was like, what the fuck? Um, and I guess all of the jet fighter's friends were like, oh my God, what the fuck? And I guess eventually those those unidentified objects disappeared, but they were like, what the fuck? Going back to the fourth kind. Oh no. My favorite movie scene in that movie was when they're doing like the the regression, the hypno- the hypnotism, the regression hy- hypnotism or whatever. <laughs> what are you and saying? What I don't know. Say? I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> you said that like four times. Yes. Okay, continue. But when they're all recounting the owl being in the window and watching them, but the owl's just not right. Like, oh it doesn't God. have, it has, like, black instead of eyes. You know uh-huh. what I'm talking about? Yeah. And it turns out that it's... An alien looking at them. Yes. Oh, oh mama. My oh, my God. It's giving me the chills right now. That was really fucking creepy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, that movie, The Fourth Kind, I feel like I've said it before. Like, that one movie is, was good. And it's, It was yeah, weird. Like said, it fucking sucks that it was, like, a mockumentary. But, like... Even if they were to say, like, this is not based on a true story, this is a complete work of fiction, I would have been like, it's still scary. Yeah. Well, especially because then they come out and say, and they're like, this is based on the fact that a lot of people disappear in Alaska. Um, And specifically, it was uh, set in the city of Nome. Nome, I think, is set in the western part of the state, so it doesn't reach... The triangle? Hold on. Let me make good on that. Give me one moment. Nome... Alaska. Alaska. And just so everybody knows, it's like kind of hard to travel in Alaska because some places are so remote that you have to like, um, you can't drive. You have to take like a boat and then like a small plane and then you have to get picked up on four wheelers and then they drive you. So it's like there's not very many. There are roads in like the major cities and stuff, but like out towards like the edges of the state or the middle of the state where there's not that many towns or there's not there's not a real like really a need for transportation. There's no roads, so you literally have to fly there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but yes, I did verify. Nome is on the western part of the state, so it's not even part of the Alaska Triangle. But looking at a map, I mean. This area is fucking huge. Yep. And the thing is, is that it's all... Wilderness. Yeah. It's like, you know, sometimes when you go out hiking, like you're out, you're hiking in the middle of nowhere, and then all of a sudden you see power lines between the trees. So it's like civilization, you know what I mean? But it's like out there in Alaska, there's fucking nothing but trees. No sign of a human being ever being there before you. Just you, those northern lights, and that thing peeking over the the side of the tree. Oh. Anyway, good night. <laughs> that was your bedtime story. It's behind you. Uh oh. Just kidding. I will find it for you. Yeah. Um. Well, do you have anything else? I just want to say, uh, happy holidays and to merry Cri- and merry Christmas for some of our followers. Oh my I god! Know. And happy uh, Hanukkah. It just started last week. Yes. So happy Hanukkah and I happy opening. So many gifts right now. Well, just one since you have other ones in the future um and happy birthday kevin because your birthday was on was in this oh month my god and happy birthday to all our listeners that have december birthdays <clears throat> so thanks for listening please follow us on instagram uh at kiss spooky podcast and on twitter at kiss spooky pod um also you can email us any story suggestions 
like any personal stories or any scary stories. Wait, what did I just say? Email us any story suggestions or your own scary stories at guestbookypodcast at gmail.com. Um, so if you have any stories that you'd like to share with your friends or at the bonfire um, while social distancing, of course, you're welcome to email it to us. And we will. We are starting, like we mentioned before, we want to collect a few and then share them all as like a little special for everyone. I don't yeah. think we're going to include it as like its own separate like monthly episode. I think it's just going to be like a little special one. Yeah. Um, special, special thanks to oh. Taylor Turner for artwork and Kyle Fields for the intro music. Don't forget to tell someone how much you love them and how much they mean to you Period. in this holiday season. Yep. Bye.